Hello everyone and welcome to The Merchant's Way. So basically we'll continue on the theme this week of uh, wall paintings. And when I say wall paintings, I'm encapsulating the whole lot really, cave paintings, paintings which are literally drawn onto the wall. Not like framing a picture and putting it on a wall, but these are drawn onto the wall. Incidentally, um, you know, you will have heard of frescoes. Frescoes is when it's done on wet plaster. So it's almost, and those incidentally, our climate in the north, it's not so perfect for it, whereas in Italy and those Mediterranean countries, it's more suitable. And they'll, they're very strong, they'll last for thousands of years. But uh, wall paintings are, you know, one has to be careful. Now, in um, basically, we touched on the business of churches and the recognition of wall paintings and so forth. And uh, living in a place like this, actually, I think that gives us, we, we need to bring it more to people's attention. And basically, what better platform for it to come from, for wall paintings to become more known about than Ellis Manor House. Because, uh, as I've said, we are said to have the most complete and extensive domestic work in the whole of a country. These are second. And ironically, you know what's sad? If you open any book on wall paintings today, you will not see this mentioned. It wasn't until, oh gosh, I've not got it here. I will at some other time. It was about in 2008 or thereabout, we had people from the Courtauld Institute that carried out a complete survey of this, uh, the upper floor, the wall paintings. And um, so it's published there. But you get some lovely books now on wall paintings and yet we do not feature. Isn't that stupid? <laughs> I think bloody stupid actually. But anyway, here you are, you're getting to know about us and we're making, we're beating the drum for wall paintings. Now, I, I mentioned to you in our last episode that all churches, we can comfortably say, were painted in England. Now, you know, it was about the time of Edward VI, which just preceded the Reformation. I believe he said no craven images. So we're starting to see the emergence of these being whitewashed over. In churches, because now in churches, I will just digress and go back to the churches for a while. Now, you see, they were called the poor man's Bible before the Reformation because you have to remember that people couldn't read or write. We were dealing with an illiterate society. And um, certainly in the local villages, the, the, the local um, priest, yes, he read, he could read, he could write, but he was certainly no scholar. 
So the way they got the Bible into their heads was by drawing Bible stories, and that's how they communicated this to them, their congregation. Now, when you've got one set into their heads, you would then draw another on top. And this went on until they were able to put the fear of God into them. Now, a lot of um, churches today, you go into churches if you're into wall paintings. And by the way, you know, I'm hoping that this will get more and more people interested in wall paintings because I tell you, there are so many symbols there that should be learnt about because we can see them in paintings today or later paintings. And that's not wall paintings, but later paintings. We're talking about Leonardo, Jan van Eyck, all of the great masters of the time because there's continuity. So, you know, one can't really... Personally, I don't see how someone can say, look, they study art and they haven't studied wall paintings which led right through to that art. And when it comes to a modern painter, actually, when I say modern, I mean someone that is certainly my favorite contemporary painter, and that's Picasso. As a European also, I think one has to credit him as the first European artist that really looked at the work of Africans. And you can see that in his work, because again, all that work was overlooked. And you know, if you're into culture, then I, I find it difficult not to, because for me, it all speaks to me. It, uh, it draws me in, irrespective of where it's from around the world. Good work. And saying good work, it's subjective. But, you know, it's that thing, as I mentioned, when you see something that is so wonderful and textural, you want to touch. And equally, when you... Um, when you see a painting, even on a wall, it draws you into it. You go closer to it. You want to know more about it. You become inquisitive. You want to... You just want to look under its skin. And I'm sure you must understand that. Even if it's not painting, I'm sure there, is, there are things which you are probably so involved in that when you see something of that, it draws you and it speaks to you. So that's with everything. Now, obviously, the, the, the painters painting in churches, painting these Bible stories, they didn't expect their work to, to last forever. Because as I said, once they had one story, influencing their congregation and of course they deteriorated over time or even the churches expanded or they um, 
reconfigurated the buildings. You can see Chancellor in our church next door. We can see where the Chancellor has been shortened. So they too were undergoing quite a lot of um, work. So paintings were being recommissioned and, um, you know, different stories were being put there. And that's why today when you visit some of the churches, it's very difficult to decipher because they need to be cleaned, firstly. And also too many has been done on top of each other. Whereas here, by the way, jumping forward to these domestic work, we know that these, these are the original because they, and I think I may have mentioned this in previous program, they have been, they have been um, x-rayed. So they know they're the only, and the, so, you know, this is wonderful to think that we're here looking at something within this painted chamber that people would have been looking at over 500 years ago, even though the paint was stronger. But you know, I tell you, though I say it was stronger, do not mistake me saying they were stronger for thinking they were garish, because these are all earth pigments. They're not synthetic colors. So there's a textural, there's not that bright luminosity you get with artificial paints. And you know, that's one of the really comforting thing when you look at these rich ochres, as you see, well, there's a piece which is much stronger, the yellow ochre and the red ochre. And then there was a lime wash, a watery lime wash that went on before they actually painted on top. Texturally, I cannot, you know, I wish you were here with me actually, because texturally there is something really quite magical. But anyway, I'm sure I shall get you so captivated about this, you'll be beating a path to our door very soon. So thank you again, and um, I hope you've enjoyed this, and we look forward to seeing you on our next voyage. Good sailing, and bye for now. Mm -hmm.